Hello, my name's Samantha B, and I'm the owner of Now Organise Your Life. As part of my journey and my business that I'm trying to start, I wanted to do podcasts, talk about real life situations, things that I've personally been through, things that I've been through in the past, things that I'm going through now. Because I feel like if you organise your life, which is my ethos and my business name, you have to organise everything, not just the way that you eat, not just the way that you drink, not just the way that you sleep. You have to organise an array of things and that includes organising your mind. There's so many things that we can do for that. But one of the things that I wanted to talk about today, which has affected my life quite a lot, was about when I had my first son. Um, My first son is now five, almost six. Now, when I had him, that was major. I had such a free and easy lifestyle before I had my little boy and before I got married to my first husband. I loved being single. I loved doing what I was doing. I loved being social. I loved going out. And when I got pregnant with my first son, it was really, really exciting and it was kind of scary and I didn't really know what to expect. Like most mothers, when they first get pregnant, they're, you know, they're a bit all over the place because it's an unknown territory. Your body starts to change, you get bigger, you may have symptoms when you get pregnant. So, for example, morning sickness and headaches and lots of things that they don't tell you about, like constipation and it's a real struggle sometimes to understand that your body is changing so much. And although you get help and support from your midwife and from your doctors, um, it's still a scary time because you don't really know how birth is going to feel, whether you're going to get through it, whether you're going to cope. You hear all these scare stories and it's a real worry. So when I got to giving birth to my son, I was really, really lucky in that um, my waters broke and then he was born two and a half hours later. I mean, don't get me wrong, it was agonising pain, but he came quickly and with ease. I didn't have to have anything done. I didn't have to have forceps. I didn't have to have C-section. The only uh, lasting thing that happened after I had him was the fact that I had to have stitches. And, you know, at the time, I didn't really care because I'd given birth. I had my baby. And yes, okay, I had to have stitches. Now, when I first saw him, I didn't have the overwhelming feeling of, I love you. I just looked at him and thought, why is he ginger? Like nobody in our family is ginger. That was the first thing I thought when I saw him. I thought, what the heck is this? You've just put me through two and a half hours of agony and you're just here. And I don't have that overwhelming sense of love that you're supposed to have. So I was like, okay, maybe it will come. And when we got back to the bed uh, in the unit where I was staying for the uh, maternity when you just had a baby, I... I just could not believe that he had come out of me. I could not believe that he was mine. I think there was an overwhelming sense of shock, to be honest. I just thought, this can't be true. And now what am I supposed to do with him? Even though I'd look at him and think, wow, my gosh, I love this baby. I don't know whether I liked him very much. And It was so hard for me to be able to say that to anyone, including the health visitor, because as soon as you say that, it's red flags and they think that you're, you know, you're not able to look after them and they think that you've got mental health. And 
So I was kind of in this cocoon of not knowing what to do with myself. I got him home and he was not an easy baby. Right from the very beginning, he was not an easy baby. He was a very crying baby. He wouldn't settle. He would get frustrated. He didn't latch, so I wasn't able to breastfeed him. And he was a very difficult baby. And that made me very, very tired. That made me very, very stressed. And my hormones were just all over the place, like absolutely all over the place. I really, when I came down from the kind of euphoric feeling that you get when you're you're first pregnant, it was scary because I felt really, really depressed. And I started to resent my son. I love him more than anything in this world now. But at the time, I was he was probably about six months by then. I started to really, really resent him. And I, I kind of sunk into a depression. And I didn't tell anyone. I didn't tell the doctor. I didn't tell the health visitor. And that's why now I know it's so important that if I see a, a new mum struggling or if I know somebody, I tell them, as soon as you get any feelings like that, you need to tell somebody because you can very easily go down the slide. And that's what I did. I just got to a point where I couldn't pick him up. I couldn't pick him up. I didn't want to touch him. I didn't like him. I didn't know him. You know, you're not expected to get into a relationship with a man and love him after six weeks. You're not expected to meet a friend and tell them everything about your life and and love them and be there for them and support them in the first week of knowing them, in the first year of knowing them. You're not supposed to do that. I just didn't know him and I didn't like him very much. And he, as far as I could see, had gotten in my way, had made me feel all these horrible feelings. I had stitches in my vagina because of him. My body had changed and I just really resented him. And I hated myself for feeling like that. But I now know it's because I had postnatal depression. And he was about one and a half when I actually went to the doctor and said, I'm not feeling so good. Like, I don't feel well. And the doctor kind of said, you know, this can happen. And, you know, we'll transfer you to speak to somebody. You know, one and a half is quite a long way on. Um, And in this time between him being born and when he was one and a half, I really struggled to kind of get my life together. I was all over the place and I didn't know where to turn or what to do. And there were many times when he would just cry and I would have to ring my ex-husband to come and home and pick him up and get him because I just couldn't cope with him. My ex-husband had to have a bit of time off of work, off of uni at the time to look after him and care for him because I just couldn't. I couldn't pick him up. I couldn't bear changing him. The thought every day of getting up and having to look after him was like torture for me. And I never told anybody at the time, nobody. And it was so scary. And when I look back, I think, wow, you know, I I wanted to kill myself several times because I just didn't know what was going on. And I did get some therapy and I did start to go to a class where there were other women that felt the same. And at that moment, I thought, wow, okay, so I'm not alone. I do, I do, these feelings that I have are valid and they're real and the other women that felt them as well, they were real and they were valid and it was so relieving and and there was a sense of like community when I met other women that felt like me because I was like, wow, okay, I'm not actually alone. You know, and 
as my son got older, he had lots of emotional problems and I used to blame myself and I used to think this is something that I've done. I've not loved him enough. I've not cared for him enough. And maybe some of it is. I don't know. I mean, the science doesn't say that that could be the case because I did hold him. I did. I did feed him and I have been a very good and supportive mother, but he was very angry. He used to do all sorts of things like bite other children. Like when he got to like, say, um, two, three, he used to bite other children. He used to run off. He didn't used to listen to me. He used to get overwhelmed by sound. There were so many things that indicated that maybe he had other problems that I didn't see at the beginning. And I had a health visitor come actually when he was about four years old for an assessment because I kind of said to them, you know, I'm struggling a little bit. I don't really know whether this is right. And by this time, I've got my second son and I'm a bit more kind of with it, know what to do. I didn't have any of those feelings towards my second son. I breastfed him. It was a completely, completely different feeling with my second. But with my first, like I said, it was very, very hard. And the health visitor came out and actually said, I think he's got Asperger's or something in that category, like maybe even autism. And he's been checked and he's been checked and he's five now and he has got suspected autism. And a lot of the things that he does, a lot of the things that he says, the way that he acts, the way that he likes to be on his own, the way that he can't interact sometimes. And all these key things would pinpoint to the fact that he has got autism and he's waiting for a thorough um, assessment. And the school that he's at are brilliant. But I didn't know any of this as a first time mom. I didn't know that when he shut his eyes and closed down, that was an autistic trait. I didn't know that certain tastes and feels, even now, he can't do because he's got autism. And I think to myself, had I have known more of these things, maybe I would have coped with him better. But how are you supposed to know? I mean, you just can't. It's impossible. Um, so, yeah, it's. I suppose there's a lot of pressure on us, like I said, to love our children and want to touch them and want to love them. But how? When you don't, you can't, you don't even know them. You can't feel connection to something that that you know nothing of, that you've never had experience of. And I think that's why with my second, I kind of knew what would happen. I knew what I needed to do. I kind of, yeah, he was a different labour and he was a different pregnancy altogether. But I already had some ground to know what to do. And everyone was so scared, like when I had my second, because they were like, will she go into this slump? And yes, I did get postnatal depression again. And I didn't nip it in the bud straight away, but I did know that that was what was going on. So that was the beauty of it. Um, but yeah, it's really, it is really tough when you first have a baby. And I want mothers to know, new mothers to know these really important three three key things the first thing is if you start to feel sad down confused not sure how you feel when you look at your baby you need to seek help you need to go and see a health visitor you need to go and see your doctor they are used to hearing it they are used to seeing it they will not take your children away from you do it it will safeguard you it will safeguard your baby and you will feel better for actually speaking out about it even speak to your partner if it's like too much to go to the doctor or a friend, just somebody, okay? Because when you're alone with all these feelings, it's not going to feel good for you, okay? The The second thing is, is it's okay to not like your child. I don't like my mum all the time. I don't like my friends all the time. It's okay to have those feelings, own them and accept them and deal with them and work on them, okay? Because 
you can't just be given something and instantly love it. You know, it, it, it doesn't always work like that. Yes, with my second, it did work like that. And every feeling is different and every person is different. It doesn't mean that I don't love my first son as much. I love him more than anything in this world. I would literally die for him if I had to. Both of my sons. And the third thing is, when you get to a point where you think there might be something slightly different about your child or you're worried about their development in any way, again, speak to the school, speak to a practitioner, um, a healthcare visitor, speak to the doctor. That is what they're there for. They are there to help you. It is okay to think, okay, I've got some worries about this. Don't go on Google and Google everything because it will scare you. Actually speak to somebody face to face where you can take your child because had I have known half of the things that I know now, I would have been so relieved if I'd just spoken to somebody sooner. And it's okay to feel this way. And it's okay to be scared. And it's okay to think, oh my God, what am I doing? Am I doing it right? We do it wrong all of the time, ladies. We do it wrong all of the time. Parenting is this massive minefield of stress and anxiety. And it's just like, oh my God, what am I doing? Who am I? You know, you can't fit into your old genes. You can't go out as much as you used to. You can't um, say certain things. You can't, you know, there's so many things. You have to act a certain way in front of certain people and you do have to change parts of you and it's not easy. And that is why I started Now Organise Your Life. And so that women and mothers and people can just see how easy it is to add certain little things into your day, into your sleep routine to help you to deal with your everyday life. So it's so important to me that that people understand why I did this. And part of why I did this was to overcome some of the troubles that I've had and to educate and help other people. So I hope this has been of some benefit to you. I really appreciate you listening. And please sign up and please follow me on um, Instagram, Now Organise Your Life. And I look forward to seeing some of you, meeting some of you in person and talking to some of you on my social media. So take care and thank you for listening to my first podcast. Bye guys.